Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Folks, I've said it before, I'll say it again, and I'll keep on saying it as long as they want me to say it. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. I'm sure more includes hockey and more. I It has to include football. It has to. Because football's the most fun thing to bet on. It absolutely is. I love betting on football. Love betting on the Eagles. Go Birds. Jalen Hurts touchdown every week. Right, Quakes? That's the way to go? Goddamn right, Steve. Hell yeah. Jalen Hurts, the man, the myth, the legend. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your mobile phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V-V as in Victor at the end there, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Enjoy the show, folks. Assembled people of Adidas, of China, the people definitely listening to this podcast, I just want you to know one thing and one thing only. Ryan Quigley is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Ryan Quigley is a liar, and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Steve, I have to admit, you've caught me red-handed. I'm actually from Ohio. God damn it. You, and you hate Ohio. You're self-loathing Ohioan. It's it's like when you're trying to overdo it to compensate for like you know uh, many U.S. senators have overcompensated for uh, <laughs> many prejudices that they have because it's a little cl- too close to home for them. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> you caught me. You caught me, Steve. I'm actually from uh, Santa Claus, Ohio. Santa, oh wait, is, is that a real is, place? So all right, the only reason I know this is because I remember they would talk about this on um, Sunday Night Football every single time Jay Cutler would play. Um, he was from a town called Santa Claus, either Ohio or Indiana. Um, let me see. Jay Cutler, smoking Jay Cutler. Okay, never mind. He's from uh, Santa Claus, Indiana. Santa Claus, Indiana. If you, oh my God, if you look up Town Hall of Santa Claus, Indiana, you'll never believe what is standing outside of the Town Hall. Oh, man. I just have to imagine it's the Grinch, right? It's fucking Santa. Santa Claus, Indy. I got to look this shit up. I, I had no idea this existed until today. Wow. Santa Claus, Indiana. I, I mean, Indiana, Ohio. What the hell? It's all, you know, we're trying to offend the entire Midwest today, but it's all yeah. the same shit as far as I'm concerned. And yes, that is Santa Claus. Welcome to Santa Claus, Indiana, America's Christmas hometown. They've really leaned into the name i feel like uh, listen i'm gonna be honest when i think about like the ultimate christmas town i don't think of anything in indiana no i promise you that i don't no. do they even have christmas in indiana i'm not sure they do they likely don't i mean what, what do they have there they have the pacers they have the colts and i guess santa claus 
I feel like that's where the Scientologists go. Where do they go? Scientologists. Well, no, they're probably a I lot of them are Scientologists. I was going to say they all got to be in L.A. because yeah. that's the only weird, insane city that would probably accept them. I think they're currently on a plane that's just circling L.A. Uh, that Tom Cruise keeps up there and keeps refueling midair because he does stunts off of the plane for practice just for funsies. Cause <laughs> Tom Cruise just needs that adrenaline rush daily to keep himself looking young. We're about to talk about the movie Crank for the second time in like a few episodes, but he's just he's like a real live version of of. Jason Statham in Crank. That would explain He's just a lot. Constantly doing wild stuff. Yeah. That would actually. That's the only thing that could possibly explain why Tom Cruise is trying to kill himself every time he makes a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, I mean, he just he has to keep his adrenaline up. If not, he's dead. He will die. He will just fall dead on his face. And this is a wonderful derailment already. And we're you know it's August fifteenth. This is not really peak hockey time here, but. Let's let's rewind a little bit back to the beginning here. And you might be confused why I opened the show calling my beloved co-host here a liar. And what that was a reference to was the Philadelphia 76ers. James Harden was at an Adidas event in China and told a room full of, I guess, press and Adidas employees or something that. Daryl Morey, the president of the 76ers, is a liar, and he will never be a part of an organization that he's part of again. And, like, just what a bizarre... Totally normal behavior. Just totally normal behavior. Just totally normal. Absolutely bizarre way for this news to come out, because if you're not familiar with the whole Harden situation, so Harden opted into a contract before the season, uh, basically... He had the had player option to opt into the contract. And when you can grab that bag, you get that bag, baby. You do it. Yeah. And he wanted the Sixers to trade him, preferably to the L.A. Clippers. And then the trade didn't happen. And I guess the Sixers reported that Harden was just going to report to camp and be a part of the team. So there's some drama. And, you know, I saw a Woj report that the the Sixers wouldn't sign him to a max deal, wouldn't give him a ton of money. And frankly, I agree with the Sixers on that front because James Harden, despite being a very cool guy, is a very old guy in sports terms. So you really can't be signing that guy to like a max deal at this point. But yeah, it's just so dramatic in a way that you don't see in hockey. And I both really enjoy it and really hate it at the same time. This is like absolute textbook NBA, like exactly what you would come to expect from the uh, from like these NBA players who are like larger than life, like everyone knows who James Harden is. Um, I mean, at this point, like, the amount of money he makes, he's like, screw it, dude. Let's 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 stir this pot up a little bit. And so he has, and now it looks like there's a very good chance he's not going to be a Sixer this season. And um, excellent timing, excellent timing after excellent. the draft, after free agency, after all that. Um, yeah, now the Sixers have to figure out what the hell to do with him. So love that. And we were talking about this briefly before the show started. And it, it is a shame how this, the Sixers, Sixers era has really just taken a, a huge tailspin because just a couple of years ago, it was so promising. They've been through the, the hardships of the process and did come out with a bona fide superstar in Joel Embiid. They had it. They had it. And they had Joel Embiid. They had Joel Embiid. And then... 
they went out, they get Jimmy Butler. Yep. Those two never should have been separated ever. And to choose Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler is, it might go down as the worst mistake in Sixers history. I mean, there's plenty of them. Don't get me wrong. But Horrible. it's definitely going to be a top three mistake in Sixers history. And what a just dramatic team. It's easy to forget just how dramatic the Sixers have been over the past few years. Because, like, you had, I mean, their GM had a burner Twitter account a few years back. I, <laughs> I totally forgot about that until his father went up on stage during the NBA Hall of Fame ceremony the other day. And I was like, oh, shit, that kid's son made a whole burner account just to shit on people. A Flyers executive has to have a burner, right? Like, one of these people that interacts with us on Twitter has to be a Flyers exec in disguise, right? I'm sure because from that's one of the so current, Flyers. From one of the current regime, I believe it. I, if you told me that Chuck Fletcher didn't even know how to sign up for a Twitter account, I would 100% believe you. Not Chuck. I don't think Chuck. But, like, would you be surprised if some way, somehow, Bobby Clark figured out Twitter? Yes. And he had a burner. Now, like, he would. If you told me that one of Clarkie's kids, two of which work in the Flyers' front office, figured it out and told him that about too. it. That, I believe. But Clarkie himself, I don't think that man has the uh, the patience for a burner Twitter account. Yeah. And also, I feel like he just doesn't care enough that he'll just say it out loud regardless. Yeah. Like, I mean, look at when he like went Like the Nolan the- Patrick thing. Right. Like, what? he came out, he's just like, we didn't even want him. We wanted Kill McCarr. And it's just like, oh, did you? <laughs> Wow. He went on the Cam and Strick podcast of all places and decided to just air every bit of dirty laundry. That I support it. I think it's great. Oh, it is great. We, we need, we need a that. little bit of juicy drama because it's it's hard making content for a hockey podcast when hockey could be just the driest sport in the world. Yeah. It it can be uh can be a little boring just like it is right now when there's nothing happening, Steve. Just nothing happening. Like the only significant news I could think to talk about today, hockey wise was like Kale McCarr was on the cover of any is going to be on the cover of NHL 24. And I could talk about that for 30 seconds. Kale McCarr is a dope player. He should be on the cover and NHL 24 is going to be crap because EA has not upped their game in forever. Yeah. I, I'm so against EA, EA, like completely anti EA. Oh, same. Everything. Like, I used to get Madden every year. And I'll say this. Like, Madden used to be kind of sick. Like, back in the, um, back in, like, the 2000s, like, you know, Madden 2005, 2006, that was awesome. Well, you know what and was great back in the day is they had competition. 2K yes. made a great football game. They made Best one of all time, in my opinion. Which one was that? 2K7 with T.O. on the cover? Uh, the 2K5 with T.O. on the cover. 2K5. 2K5. Unbelievable game. Uh, just the ESPN highlights in that game were so friggin' cool and the way they integrated it. Like it's actually like that game was more advanced than any modern football game that comes out, which is crazy to think about. And honestly, the worst thing that ever could have happened to sports games are these like non-compete, these exclusive contracts that they sign now. They're just ridiculous. And that's Madden's what started that. And then the NHL followed suit because the NHL sure loves some exclusivity and, Man, it just stinks. It stinks that NHL 24 is probably going to be bad. Because you know what? Video game hockey rules. I love video game hockey. It's awesome. I don't want to call it shell. I know a lot of people call it shell. I'm not going to call it shell. But you know what? 
it's pretty fucking great. And I love when I love playing it, even when it's bad, I love playing it. And I just want it to be good again. I just want 2K to get back in the game and make a comp- competitive game to the NHL series. Make Chell great again. I feel like there is just like, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of hope this year because I will say, and I don't, I haven't played Madden in, I can't tell you how long. I can't remember the last Madden game I had, but I have heard that apparently this year's Madden looks like actually decent. Oh, wow. Like the last few years, it was just like copy paste of the exact same game over and over and over again. Apparently this year it looks different and actually like legit better okay and i'm hoping that maybe this is a sign that maybe the maybe ea sports will do the same thing for nhl but i have my doubts i just the fact that they come out with a new one every year it costs 60 dollars, 70 dollars, maybe even 80 these days and they barely make any improvements it's just outrageous to me so what i'll generally do if i want a sports game i'll get it on an extreme sale I think the most I would pay would be 30 and even that's pushing it. I think 20 is fine. And I'll I'll play it basically until I can't plays it no more. I remember I, I was playing NHL for a while. I, I, in fact, I think the last NHL I have doesn't even have the Seattle Kraken in it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. How about that? Because I'll just play it to death basically. And I, I, I don't, I, I think I've stated this before, but I really don't like playing people online. It gives me like a weird social anxiety. I'm not about it. I like just beating the shit out of a computer. That's why I'm a big PlayStation <laughs> guy. That's why I'm a big like solo, you know, mission story based game guy. And it's just not for me. So I will play franchise mode when I play these. And I, I kind of just use it to blow off steam and I'll just beat the shit out of the computer and, and feel satisfied. And that's also the only way I've gotten to see the Flyers lift a cup in my lifetime is virtually. It's a shame, isn't it? I don't know. Real shame. Just tragic. I feel but like everything about the Flyers is tragic. <laughs> it's a, it's a tragedy, Steve. The entire yes, the whole saga. It's but, a disaster. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, I'm probably what, honestly. You kind of hit it on the head just there for a second. Like they release games every year, Madden, NHL, whatever it is. Every year they release a new game. They will never do this because money. But what they should do if they truly want quality over quantity is release a new game every like three, four or five years and make actual changes, like tangible changes that you can see from game to game. Like that's what they should do if they want to create a better reputation and like have actually good, like a good product. But again, they will never do that because then they will stop making money. Cause you, do you think the developers of these games have time to even think about making proper changes because like, as not. soon as they finish the one game, they've got to start working on next year's game. Exactly. They don't care. Like yeah. a lot of it is like they kind of openly admit like that they don't add everything to one game that they want. And it's just like, dude, how about you just don't make a million games? How about you make one game and you release it when it's done and then you make another game and you release that when that one's done. You know, every three to four years would be a great time scale for releasing sports games. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, then it'll be just an keep actual- the rosters updated. Yes. Give some, you know, maybe have some premium updates or something. Believe me, I don't want them to nickel and dime us for fucking updates. They already do that shit. And it's annoying. Modern gaming is insanely annoying at times. It's it, 
I, we, we were spoiled. In like the age that we grew up playing video games, like we were spoiled by some of the greatest games of all time. Like single, oh, single sure. player, multiplayer. Like I've said it before. I'll say it again. Halo 3, goddamn, it's one of the best games of all time, if not the best game of all time. And there was nothing better than logging on Xbox Live to play Halo 3 with your friends on like a Friday night after school. And you get into that like pregame lobby and you hear just a bunch of people throwing slurs at each other. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's nothing better than some, nothing some better, awful, regrettable slurs. Nothing better. What a time. No, like take that away. I mean, it was just so much fun being able to get online. I mean, the cyberbullying was out of control for the for those games, but like, it was fun. It was fun getting online with your friends and like playing a good game. And like but the now, thing was the games were good, and they weren't thinking about constant DLC. Yeah, and, and microtransactions and stuff like that. Goddamn microtransactions! The goddamn like I like a little bit of DLC sometimes, but like give me the whole goddamn thing up front, you know? Yeah. Like if you come up with some downloadable content for like two years down the line to be like, hey, remember this game? Here's a that's little bit fine. of a yeah, yeah, that's fine. But like when they have clearly set aside a portion of the story to make you pay some more money, like three months later, it's just it makes your blood boil. In the latest Halo, you had to buy. The color blue. Excuse me? If you wanted your little character guy to be blue, to have blue armor, you had to buy the color blue. God, I hate that so much. Insane. Ugh. That That is an atrocity. Ugh. I, it's, it's out of control. It stinks. This, and this is why now I'm staying, like, totally, um, you know... Single player. Yeah, there's some great single player games coming out. I am excited about that. I got to finish up. I got to finish up Horizon right now. I I know I said that a couple weeks ago, but I really have not had a chance. Uh, But we're walking Brucey boy now and he's just uh, getting worn out and it's great. Bruce. uh, Bruce. He had a good day. He went to puppy, uh, little puppy class today and they wore him out and he's being a good boy tonight. We probably won't hear him chime, chime in too much. He's been exhausted, but yeah, Bruce takes up a lot of time. I, I dude, I I bought Tears of the Kingdom, the new Zelda, and I haven't even touched it yet. I don't you even know. know where my Switch is. Oh, that's a problem. You're gonna need that. No, well, I I know it's in one of my boxes. I just haven't had a chance. Like, I just bought a washer and dryer. I have lived in this house for two months. Well, I guess there are bigger fish to fry <laughs> right now. Sadly, than... there are. I yeah. would rather be frying fish in Hyrule, but you know that's it is what it is and a washer and dryer is far more important than saving hyrule yeah no it's i mean yeah they've got to by the way they've got to unassemble and reassemble the washer dryer in my basement because the space is so small oh wow i had to buy one called a speed queen which is apparently one of the only models that they can do that with speed queen interesting yeah if you live in a tiny house like me, folks, a tiny South Philly row home, Speed Queen apparently is the way to go. This podcast brought to you by Speed Queen. Oh, wow. How about that? It's not. We're but getting so much money from Speed Queen. So much money. It, dude, if I could, if they could comp my washer and dryer, that'd be fucking great. Because be I just had, I had to shell out this week for a washer and dryer. And I, I paid cash for that. And I was not. The, the, the appliance store I dealt with. It, it costs a little bit more to get credit transaction than a cash one. And I was just like, I have the cash. Let's do it. But then I also had to put up 
my first payment for grad school in advance before I get compensated by work. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> my bank account went from pretty good to, oh, we got to just watch our transactions here, bud. Yeah, I, I just went through that phase and it was not not fun, but no, no, it's, you'll get out the other side. I will. I will. We'll get there. Eventually, we'll get there. Just like we're going to get through this podcast. And how are we going to get through this podcast today? Well, I went to you, the listeners, on social media, and I asked you to submit questions to do a good old-fashioned mailbag. Have we done a mailbag together, Quiggs? I'm not sure we have. Oh, wow. That's actually stunning. I feel like I did a ton of those with the Craigster back in the day. But, uh, oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah, I remember you guys did a lot of them. I, I enjoy a good mailbag. I love hearing from the people. And we got some pretty fun questions on this one. So I'm ready to dive into it if you're ready to dive into it, my friend. I am. Bless all of you for sending in these questions because we had no idea what the fuck we were going to talk about tonight. None. So Absolutely yeah. none. None. So let's start with one of the best friends of the show over here. The great Kelly Hankel at Hanks. Hi, Kelly. And she asked the age-old question about these current flyers. Who do you think the captain should be? Oh, wow. <laughs> J-Po replied, another great Broad Street hockeyer. Uh, has anyone thought about asking towards this? Maybe they're like, maybe Charlie should ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if like John Tortorella's first press conference of the year this coming season the first question he's asked is, "Hey, is there going to be a captain this year?" He would. He quit. might actually say. He might actually say, "Fuck off." He would. He would say that, or he would just flat out quit his job. He would leave. <laughs> I, I don't think he would. I think and then Ian Laperriere like, would be head coach of the Flyers. No. Oh God. Well, actually, that's great for the tank. Yeah. It Superior is tanking method there. <laughs> so, uh, serious question though. Uh, well. Serious and not so serious. So who who should the captain be of this team? I mean, the serious contenders are Scott Lawton and Sean Couturier. But I think the funniest option is Nick Delorier. All right, Steve. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Nick Delorier. Saint Delo, baby. Saint Nick. Saint Nick. Are we got hey, a lot of Santa Claus in this one? Okay. Saint Nick. Christmas in August. So. I wrote a story about Nick Delorier. Basically, I'm doing a summer sampler series for the Hockey News. You can read this story at the Hockey News. Um, and basically, I did a story about Nick Delorier and, like, essentially what to expect from him this season. Um, and if you're wondering what to expect from Nick Delorier, you don't have to wonder much because you're going to get exactly what you are expecting. You're going to get a lot of penalty minutes and you're going to get a lot of fights. And you might get a goal sprinkled in here and there. He only had six last season, but that's probably more than people would have guessed. So, um, but I learned something interesting in writing this story about Nick Delorier, Steve. So last season, he was assessed 31 penalties. Only 13 of them were minor penalties. So if you take away 14, like all 14 of his fighting majors and all four of his 10-minute misconducts, which, like, obviously you can't just take those away, but this is a this is fantasy land, so we're going to do that. If you took all those away, Delorier would have finished the regular season with fewer penalty minutes than former Lady Bing winner Nathan McKinnon. And oh, honestly, wow. honestly, honestly, 
So he would have finished with um, 26 penalty minutes, which honestly, given the way he plays hockey and how physical he is, even when he's not fighting people, that's pretty impressive. Like That is pretty impressive. That's, that's pretty like cool. Nice, that's a nice puck doku fact right yeah. there. Like he does not – like you can say what you want about him being a goon or whatever. You can't say he's dirty because he's not dirty. He doesn't lay dirty hits on people. Like all of his hits are clean. Like not Nick I Deloria. Mean, he's no Tom Wilson. Let me tell you. Yeah. So thirteen minor penalties in eighty games. That's pretty good. That that is pretty good. What a factoid you found there. So, in my opinion, Nick Deloria not only for captain but for Lady Bing. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Hey, if a flyer wins a Lady Bing. And it's Nick Delorier. That would legitimately be one of the funniest things in NHL history. That's when we would know that, like the the ice caps are like shifting, and like <laughs> the world's like officially like about to actually implode on itself. I think Marcello would be legally obligated to bring back Flyers Faithful if that happened, because back when we had Flyers Faithful, our tagline was always uh, "Waiting with bated breath for the Flyers to win a Lady Bing." Oh yeah, I mean it's got to happen one day, and why one not? Day. Why not Nick Delorier, baby? Someday, when the world has passed me by. When you sing it like I'll that, it almost sounds like a good song. What was that? When you sing it like that, it almost sounds like a good song. It kind of does. You know what? I kind of dig Sugar Ray. You can hate on me all you want, but they got a I couple bangers. I don't just want to fly. That, it, I mean, I would not want to fly, but. Not, not with were, they, were they every morning? Yes, they were. Oh, I hated that song. Great song. Oh, not for me. <laughs> Phenomenal song. No, that's a no. take. That's a take, Steve. Oh, that is my take. Is it stinks? Your take is wrong. My take is right. <laughs> every morning is awesome. Right, well, okay, well, I'll put up a poll tomorrow. Yeah, on do it. That. Do, yeah. do you remember they were in the live action Scooby Doo? I can't remember if we've talked about this. No. But they were. I don't think I, you know, to be totally honest here, I don't think I actually have seen the live action Scooby-Doo. So with, uh, the, with, with uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. and Sarah Michelle Gellar and Linda Cardellini. There we go. The first. And Matthew Lillard. The first Scooby live action Scooby-Doo. There was so much, so many adult jokes scattered throughout the movie. Like very. Just, uh, the work yeah. of James Gunn, the current architect of the the DC universe and the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy films right there. Great stuff. I, I great stuff. Dude, honestly, I loved the first live-action Scooby-Doo. I thought it was great. And a lot of people, that is a beloved film for a lot of people. I, I was just a little... If I was maybe four years younger, I might have had that appreciation, but I was like... Old bad Steve's here. <laughs> I was just slightly uh, too old to fall into the category of being interested in seeing that. But may- maybe I'll visit it. You know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, we're doing the film series over on BSH. We just put out the uh, the Spielberg piece. And uh, maybe maybe I'll go visit Scooby-Doo as part of that. That would be great. I would love that. Zoinks, Scoob! Yoinks! Yeah, I can't do it. Oh, you you did it way better than I did. I, I've been, you know, I watched a lot of the original Scooby-Doo as a kid because, like, there weren't that many channels back in my day. And I would just watch Cartoon Network half the day. It was like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon, and they would just show a lot of older cartoons. So it was a lot of Looney Tunes and a lot of, like, old school Scooby-Doo. So I've seen the Harlem Globetrotters solve a lot of mysteries. 
I mean, I'll tell you what. Scooby Doo was one of my one of my faves back in the day. So it it's was, a classic. Uh, yeah, it's a classic. All right, what do we got next? What do we got next in this mailbag? Next up, we got Anarcho Hockey, who said, if you could put one NHL player on The Bachelor, who would it be? Okay, so are we doing this based off of how funny it would be for them to be on The Bachelor or, like, someone who we think... Okay, so I think you got to go with Deloria again for this. Deloria would be very funny. It would be Um, funny. I think... Going the other direction, I think Connor McDavid would be very funny in just how <laughs> awkward he would be. He would be so bad. So, do you want to go on a date now or something? Oh wait, so is this Flyers or any player? Oh, I'm thinking any, any, player. any, any oh. NHL player. Oh wow. Okay, in that case, oh man. Um. Oh, dude, Ilya Brzgalov. I'm okay. Okay. He so he is an ex NHL player. I, well, I guess yeah, he's he, still pe- he's still being paid. Yeah, <laughs> he's being paid by the Flyers. Brzezgalov would be very funny. I'm just trying to think about like current guys in the league. Like I I think McDavid would be funny because he'd just be so goddamn awkward. He'd just be so stiff. Um. Yeah, he would be very awkward. Like we've seen him. Like Na- Nathan McKinnon would be funny just because he'd be like, I'm not gonna have a drink on this date. I've got to stay in shape. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. Are we going to share chicken fingers? God, no. <laughs> he would not be. Yeah, he would not be about it. He would not, um, no, it's just not for him. All right. Who else would be, like, hilarious on there? Uh, Ryan Reeves would be a good time. He would be fun. He would. I think he would do well. I don't think he would win, but he would steal the hearts of many viewers. He would steal some hearts for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how many, because so many players totally lack personality, and so many yeah. players are just not weird. Like, they're, they're weird, but not in a funny, weird way. Honestly, I think TK would be good, and because TK is a goofball, you know, I'm thinking about his like spit take reaction to when Voracek uh, cursed out Mike Sealski the one time. Oh yeah, it was great. Yeah. I would enjoy some TK on there. Um, so, uh, let me go and say, let me, let me give you a couple players who I think would like actually win. Um, one, so you're thinking as like contestants, they would go on. Yeah. Like I could see them going on and literally like winning the show. Like okay. they end up becoming the bachelor. Or Who's going to have sex in the windmill. That's all I want to know. Um, or, oh no, 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 excuse me. So I'm thinking like if he was a contestant on the bachelorette. Like who would make it the furthest? That that's fine. We can answer yeah. it both ways. So we go we go both ways on this show. So yeah. So in both of the, the players I'm about to mention would go both ways. Like they'd be an excellent bachelor, and they would also they would also <laughs> do great being a contestant on the Bachelorette. So first off, first off is Roman Yossi, one of the most beautiful men I've ever seen. Oh, um, okay, okay. Gorgeous man. I think he would do very well. He seems like an excellent guy, too. So I'll say Roman Yossi, and I'll say Miko Rantanen. I think he'd do pretty well. Okay. Rantanen. How about that? I would love to de-age Alex Ovechkin and put him on. Like, young Ovi would be a a goddamn riot. That would be Bachelor in Paradise. How about Yager? Oh, my God. That would be. Wow. That would be something. I would put current day Yager on The Bachelor and see what happens. And I think it would be great. 
Oh, uh, you know who else would be kind of funny? Um, Who's that? Alexander Barkov. Okay. Because he's just like, I feel like he's also very awkward. So <laughs> it's, it's such an awkward league. Yeah, a lot of awkward people. In the oh, you know what? You know who would actually be a lot of fun? Mark Who's Stone. That? Okay. He would be fun. He's not a really handsome guy, but like he would be fun. Did he give a crazy... Who was the guy who gave the crazy speech at the Golden Knights? Oh, William Carlson. Oh, he'd William be good Carlson. too. That's he'd who be I want. good I want too. William Carlson. I want him loaded up. Oh, man. That would be good. Get, yeah. Okay. There's some good ones. Get that man drunk. Yeah. That... I mean, that's... I'm not... Nothing beats the, tr the Jason Kelsey speech, but like... <laughs> That's, that's I think that's a good one. That was that's good. one of the top five I've heard in my time. Like that's a good one. I really like the the Pat Maroon, the Big Rig one. Oh yeah, that was good too. My favorite to this. I mean, the my favorite that I was there for personally, which is only one personally, was the Chase Utley one. Which uh, you know, you're not a baseball guy. You don't know this one as well. But back. Oh, in I know 08, this one. You know this one. This is yeah. a great one. Back in 08, Chase Utley gets up there and he goes, "World champions." World fucking champions. And, just, <laughs> and everyone loses their minds. I was in the stadium and my grandma high-fived me after that. Like, that's one of my <laughs> cherished memories. I was at the Eagles Super Bowl parade, but we were on Broad Street and we were like really hungry and we decided to get food. And I missed the Jason Kelsey speech. And I oh man, hate that I missed it. But so like, what we did was, so I was living... I can talk about my, my street now that I don't live there anymore. Uh, I was living on just off Shunk around like 12th Street. So we were not far from Broad. So we just went over to Broad and Shunk. And if somebody had to go to the bathroom, I just gave them my keys and said, go back to the house. I trust you. Yeah. I trusted everybody on Super Bowl parade day. And um, not like strangers, but my friends, you know what I mean? And then I did sell a, a cocktail to a stranger because I was drinking like a rum and Coke out of a solo cup. And the guy's like, what do you got there? I'm like, rum and Coke. He's like, that sounds good. I'll give you 10 bucks for it. I'm like, sold. <laughs> I love that. Oh, it's great. What a day. But afterwards, we invited everybody that came down uh, to come back to our house. We had made like chili for like the 10th fucking week in a row. And we were just hanging out, watching the Eagles Super Bowl parade speeches and uh yeah I had a full house in my South Philly row home. I probably had like a dozen or more people crowded around that TV watching it and we all like laughed our asses off watching it. I mean, I I didn't even see it till like the next day. I, <laughs> I was sick. I was absolutely sick. Amazing, amazing moment right there. It, but what it was awesome. All timer. That's still yeah. number 1. It's still number 1 for sure. Howie Roseman. Saturday breakfast I'm fucking pissed off. I think about that with the dog all the time. Because, like, every time yeah. he's mad about eating, I'm like, if I don't eat breakfast, I'm fucking pissed off. I yeah. think about it every day with this dog. It's, like, literally, like, I know that he's just saying, like, you know, hungry dogs run faster. But, like, he's legit. It's it's real. Like, I use that one. I use that one all the time with the dog, too. We're at the dog park, and he's running fast. I'm like, hungry dogs run faster. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man. Good one. Good one. All right. I think we got our bachelors right there. So good. I'm happy about that. Next question from Waterfuzz. What a name. <laughs> Roger. He asked, this is, I think this takes the cake for the most bizarre question. Of the day. <laughs> this is a weird one. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all for it because it's so weird. 
Roger asked if hockey sticks were coated in animal hide, what would each player use? For example, Ovechkin and bear fur or Matt Cook and totally not human skin. <laughs> Matt Cook is definitely using the Necronomicon or maybe, you know, Malkin <laughs> might also use the Book of the Dead. That's it's certainly possible. But I, I appreciated this. This is very weird. I, I kind of thought about this a little bit. So, like, I was thinking, like, McDavid maybe would use, like, Cheetah because he's very fast. He's very quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott Lawton would use Wolverine Hide because he's short and he's probably killed a number of people, bub. So, yeah, I think Scott Lawton has Wolverine. I think Travis Konechny has something jerked because he is the jerk store's all-time bestseller. So some sort of jerked meat is what he would go to stick in. I truly don't. Does a rhinoceros horn count as animal hide? Let's just go with with the rhinoceros hide. I mean, okay. Because that's going to Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves? Ryan Reeves going with the Um, rhino over there. Boy, um, I mean, Crosby's just a hundred percent penguin hide. <laughs> Pat Maroon would have walrus hide. Oh yeah, for the the big rig. Big rig. It's only appropriate. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. This is a hard question to answer. I'm, um, I want to come back to this one because it's 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 a, a crazy one. I might yeah. even have to think about this for next week. But I, I had a couple I thought of. But yeah, Roger, this was a crazy one, but I really appreciate it. What would uh, Claude Giroux use? I feel like he would use snakeskin. Yes, I like that for those silky mitts, right? Yeah. Well, I guess maybe spider. But, you know, I like snake because, like, I don't know. He's just, like, he's very smooth. He's very, like, slick, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the man's got great hands. I like that. Snakeskin, the snakeskin stick for Claude Giroux. And please try to say that five times fast. Snakeskin, yeah, I'm not going to try that. The snakeskin I just, stick. I just like half tried. Stick. The snakeskin and it stick. Didn't go the snakeskin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that just takes me back to broadcast school because we would use those tongue twisters as like warm ups before we would start speaking for the day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She Unique New York. By the seashore. Unique. New- that's the most accurate part of Anchorman. How now, Brown Cow? A hundred percent. And I, I've used some of the Anchorman lines to warm up before the show. I've definitely said the human torch was denied a bank loan. The human torch was denied a bank loan. So good. So good. What a crazy friggin' line that is. I. That's the best, <laughs> best part of Anchorman. Best part, easily. No, there's a, there's a ton of great parts of the first Anchorman. And we have yeah, the second, one second Anchorman before. Trash. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, trash. Next up, we got Colin C. Schmitten, who asked, what would a Stanley Cup roster for the Flyers look like to you guys in three to four years? So he, he was asking for like the whole lineup, but I, I don't know if I can quite project that. I, I know Charlie did a great job with that, but I'm going to kind of use this, Colin, and say, use this more for like who I see as part of the next really good competitive Flyers team. So yeah. what guys they have that we'll figure in and where we project them. So, you know, Mishkov's the first guy I think of, and he's probably first line wing, right? Like, yeah, there are people saying like, Oh, he's playing center in the KHL preseason. And I'm like, I don't think he's playing center in the NHL. <laughs> like, I just don't think, I, I mean, if he plays really well at center this season and he plays at center the entire year, like, maybe he could play center in the NHL, but I, I feel like he's a wing in the NHL for sure. I feel like he's a wing too. And like, I like having the versatility, but I don't feel like he's your top line center. And that's, that's one of the things that I don't quite know. Maybe cutter Gautier 
can be that guy. Uh, I think Cutter Gauthier is definitely on your top six for the next competitive yeah, Flyers team, I for agree. sure. You know, I, I I would hope he's a top liner, frankly. But, you know, I don't know if he's necessarily a number one center for this team. But, he, dude, I'm, I like what I've heard about him, and he's definitely a top sixer. Tyson Forster, for me, is up there. I think he is uh, – I, I mean, he's – barring in a total, like, you know – absolute downfall uh, or or just like he just shits the bed in, in training camp. He's probably going to make this roster out of training camp. Um, and I think he's going to play in the top six. I really do. I think he has the potential to be a very, very good player for the Flyers. Um, we saw what he did in eight games last season. He had seven points. Um, I mean, granted, that was a small sample size, but like John Tortorella loved him. Um, and he is not the type of player I thought Torts was going to fall in love with. So No, no, definitely not. I, I was really, really, really impressed with Tyson Forrester. Um, and he seems to have a good attitude. He seems like a, like a fun, easy dude to root for. So I think he's going to be a big part of the next good Flyers team. And I think it's going to be with Mishkov. I think it's going to be with Gauthier. And you know what, Steve, on the back end, I'm going to throw a name out there. I do think Cam York is going to be part of the next good Flyers team as well. But I'm going to say someone else that, like, I think we've talked about this player a couple times. But I think Emil Andre is going to be real good. Like, okay, maybe not, never... maybe not a first pair defenseman, but I think he has the potential to be a key part of the next good Flyers team. I haven't quite known what to make of him, but I've heard some pretty good things. So that's that's good to know. That's good to know that your your opinion of him is pretty high because I trust your your hockey sense about these things. So okay, nice. I mean York, I think I don't again. I don't know at this point if he's a first pair guy necessarily, but I know he's. I, I feel pretty strongly that he's definitely like in your top four. I don't. Think I he's agree. A bottom pairing guy. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and I think he has the potential to be a good power play quarterback too. We saw how good he was with um, the U S development team on the power play. And I think he could maybe bring a little that, a little bit of that to the NHL too. And um, th- this season's going to be big for Cam York because I mean, you look at it, Ivan Provorov has gone. Justin Braun is gone. Tony D'Angelo is gone. And Tony D'Angelo leaving opens up a spot as for a power play quarterback on the first power play. I got a feeling Travis Sanheim ain't going to be the top power play quarterback. So Just a hunch. Just a hunch. So it's probably going to be Cam York. And we're going to see, I feel like, we're going to see a pretty significant uptick in point production from Cam York this season. And um, we've seen him be good on the power play before. Why not? Why not take another step this year? And I could, I could see him being a key, a key member uh, on the next good Flyers team in a few years. I got a feeling Travis Konechny is one that he's either going to be traded within the next season or two, or he is going to be like one of the core veteran leaders on this team come that point. But I'm leaning more towards he is going to be traded and not going yeah. to be a part of that team, which sucks because I love TK. But like, I don't know, man, like he's definitely one of your best, most valuable resources at this point. You like you have to. Yeah, we've talked about this a million times. Like, if the right offer comes along, you have to trade him. Um, like, 
they're in rebuild mode. This is the time to do it. Like they're not actively trying to compete the next couple of years. So if they get a good package at the trade deadline, you got to say yes. You got to say yes. And like, I feel that way about TK. I feel that way about Scott Lawton. And I'm a big Scott Lawton fan. I think he is a great guy to have in your locker room, a great team guy. But if somebody wants to offer you a first or second for Scotty Lawton for Scooty Lutz, I think you got to take it. Um, give me a simple yes or no for this, Steve. No, no added context, just a yes or no. Is Carter Hart the goalie on the next competitive Flyers team? Oh. <sighs> You asked me this a year ago. It was, it was a yes. Today, Steve says no. Valid. Okay. I think I think I agree. I would agree with you. There's a lot of factors at play here. Yes, there's I, much. Just, yes, in fact, there's. I'm, fa- I'm just saying no. I'm just, and that's yeah. how that's just how I feel today, as opposed to like a year or two ago, which uh, you know. That's all I'm going to say on that matter. But yes. yeah, I, I'm thinking Carter Hart is not going to be here and. Who knows what the hell the goalie situation will be at that point. There's certainly a lot of guys that are potentially going to be in net at that point. I think that's a big unknown. I think there's, they're definitely, you know, I don't know what their drafts are going to look like over the next like two years or so, but I think when the flyers are ready to shift back into competitive mode, they're definitely going to have to sign somebody trade for somebody make a swing to really put this team over the top. How could you be so short-sighted, Steve? The future in the the Flyers' net is right here in front of our eyes. Ivan Fedotov! Yeah, is he here or is he halfway across the world? He's halfway across the world. The IIHF has decided that his contract with the Flyers was valid and not his new contract in the KHL, therefore making it possible for him to come to North America and play in the NHL. But spoiler alert, that's not happening. So yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, he's and probably it's a, and not it's a shame. Yeah. And it, you know, we were talking about this in the slack and he probably missed his window and it, it's a shame because like last year really was his opportunity to drop in there. So like Fedotov not looking too good. A Cal Peterson we know is not the solution. Absolutely not. Or it's, is uh, he Steve? I can tell you with pretty good authority, he's not. <laughs> he's probably. But you not. know, if they trade Hart at some point this season, he might end up starting a bunch of games because he's a warm body. Well, let's not forget about Urson too. Like the Flyers, the son of are in love with her. Like the son of Urs is is very, very much is very highly valued by the Flyers, and like it seems like they want him to be the backup for Hart this year, and. um if he is and Hart ends up being traded at the trade deadline because he is an RFA next offseason, like you got to wonder is Urs, the son of Urs, going to be the new starter in net? And I wouldn't be shocked if he was, given how, you know, he he had really, he played quite well a lot last season in the games that he oh, played. Oh, I, so I was good. impressed. I, I thought he definitely had some chops, and I am excited to see more from him. Two other guys I was really curious about your take on before we move on with this one. First is Joel Farabee. Joel Farabee is younger than you think. He really is like a pretty young guy. He's only 23. Yeah. And he's bouncing back from a very difficult injury. It was not the same player last season. And this is a huge season for him. And he's got a pretty decent contract with the Flyers right now. He's got five years left. 
and he's making five mil a season. So if he does produce as a top six winger, that's a bargain, frankly. And he's young enough, he's skilled enough that he really could be a part of that team. He also could be a very, very tra- valuable trade piece. Yeah, he could be. Um, I'm actually going to lean yes. I think he will be part of the next good players team. because I'm leaning yes also. Last year really was, he was set up, set up to fail isn't quite the right wording, but he, last year he was, was going to be a down year for him. Like it was destined to be that way because he, with that neck injury and that surgery in particular, that surgery, um, it was going to take him a while to get back to you know, his typical self. And we started to see a little more of vintage Joel Farabee towards the end of the season. And he looked good. So I think with a full season of training and getting healthy um, and just getting his legs back under him and getting more used to Tortorella because he, I mean, last year, I I think it took some getting used to Tortorella and Tortorella getting used to Joel Farabee. So I think this year... He didn't have training camp like everybody else. Right, yeah. So he'll have a full training camp this year. I, I think he'll have a bounce back year this year. I'm not expecting you know, 60, 70 points or anything like that. But like, I think he'll have a good year and I think he does have a chance to be part of the next good flyers team. For sure. For sure. And I I definitely could see him being a part of the next time the flyers can compete for a championship because he is young enough. And I think he really does have that skill level. He has that ceiling, a guy whose ceiling I'm less sure about, but I really liked what I saw from him last year is Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett, put up 27 goals last year, 49 points. And, you know, a lot of people considered him an afterthought with the Drew trade. And he ended up being a really nice piece back and uh, one of the Flyers' most valuable players last season, without a doubt. So Tippett's one that I'm not, I'm far less sure about than I am with Farabee because I feel like I know a lot more about Joel Farabee than I do Owen Tippett. So based off of last season, you still believe that Joel Farabee's ceiling is higher than Owen Tippett's? I don't know, to be honest with you, but like, I feel like, I felt like I definitely felt that way pre-injury Joel Farabee. Which is valid because pre-injury Joel Farabee was night and day better than pre-2022-23 Owen Tippett. Yeah. I I guess Owen Tippett's a lot more of an, I feel like I have a, a firmer grasp on where Farabee's ceiling is as opposed to Tippett's where it's like, is Tippett? Is Tippett like a potential like 30, 40 goal scorer? You that need would to be phenomenal. You need to see him do it again this year. Like yes, you need Steve. to see him do what he did last season again this year. But Steve, I'm gonna be honest, like I think he's good. I hope he's good. I, I like Tippett good. a lot, man. And I love that, you know, that Chuck Fletcher did manage to pull one rabbit out of his hat, apparently, through all of that bullshit. And he he really did nail the Giroud trade, which is funny because well, yeah, he was yeah. he had very little option, and he got a first rounder, be it you know in the year like three thousand or whatever. And <laughs> next year, <laughs> next year, <laughs> next I year. know, but it, it's felt like so far away, and it's just, it's, yeah, it's funny. But you know, hey, it's still a first round pick, right? And frankly, Florida might be worse next year. Who knows? But it's a uh, it's still a first round. No, they just went to the Stanley Cup final. Come on, um, but it, they. They don't have Regardless. Mark Stahl anymore, Steve. I don't think they're going to be as good. Oh, whew. man. Without that beard, what are they going to do? I don't know. 
But if Tippett is a reliable 30 to 40 goal guy, because he scored 27, and it's not unreasonable to think that if he ups his game, he could become like a 30 goal guy. You know, that was one of the key factors on the Flyers teams from 2010 or, you know, like 2013 to like 2020 was Wayne Simmons. You know, when they were good, it's because Wayne Simmons could step in there and he would score them like 30 goals a season. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, with Tippett, I think I think he also was getting his sea legs a little bit early on in the season. And once he got the trust of John Tortorella, that's when you really saw him start to take off. Um, I, I So this coming season is a big year for Tippett because he becomes an RFA at the, at the end of the season, or, or uh, arbitration eligible too. So I... I I think he's going to try and ball out this season. I think he's going to try and secure that bag. So you got to love a contract here. And here's a, here's another thing. The flyers clearly want him to be part of the next great flyers team, because you look at all their promotional stuff. Like when they unveiled the new jerseys, who was the one to unveil them? Owen Tippett. Like he is kind of one of the faces of the franchise right now, which is weird to say, because he's been a flyer for, one season, a little over one season, because he played a few games um, in 2021-22. But the way he played last season, people got really excited. And um, you got to wonder, like, you know, could he... Getting out of Florida and having that change of scenery and coming to Philly and playing like he did last season, could that be what it takes to get him to reach his full potential, which could be quite high. So I I would say that he, of course, is going to be a big part of the next good Flyers team, but I think he has the potential to be one of the main cornerstones of that team. Wow. Okay. Okay. I we still, we still need to see, see how he does this year. Like we, we yes. need to see him do it again, but like if he it, does, it is a big season for these last two guys we talked about Farabee and Tippett. I mean, they're a year apart age wise. This is a huge season for them. This is really where I, I feel like you were going to see exactly what kind of players these guys are this year. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of, um, what's the right word? There's going to be a lot of stuff. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of uh, kind of, I'm still trying to figure out the right word. We're going to find out a lot about this Flyers team this year. Um, We're going to find out who's here for the long haul, who's not. Um, I mean, look at all, we've already talked about a bunch of the players, Travis Konechny. Uh, Scott Lawton, Carter Hart. Um, some of these other play- I mean, I know it's going to be hard to move either of these two guys, but you got to look at Sandheim and Ristolainen too. I know Sandheim has a full no trade clause. Ristolainen has this borderline unmovable contract, but like, you know, who is going to be here for the next good Flyers team? Um, so I don't know. But I think the players that you can count on being there would have to be probably Tippett. Probably definitely Mitchkov. I would say definitely Gauthier. Um, I'd throw Noah Cates up there as well. I think he'll be there. Okay. Noah Cates and like any other guys like Bobby Brink or somebody. I mean, Forrester is a guy we mentioned, obviously like Forrester is yeah. a guy we definitely expect to be up there, but then there's guys like there's Brink. I mean, there's no expectations for like Sambo at this point anymore. He's just kind of, no, no. no, he ain't the guy, but you know, there's a, there's a couple other names kind of floating around, but I think we touched on the big ones that we expect to be kind of the cornerstones of the uh, the Flyers next time they are ready to try and go for Lord Stanley's Cup. 
Yes. Yeah. And I, I want to reiterate, I do think Emil Andre is going to be up there. I really do. All right. I believe in Love him. Love it. I really liked him in that draft year. So, yeah. Wild card, baby. Love it. <laughs> the next question, I think we're going to have to address next week because I feel like this is going to take us like uh, half an episode to do. But I like it. And Uncle Tuan said, Don Tuan said, put together a starting lineup of non-flyers you wished were flyers. Better between, between you and Ryan Quigg's wins. I think because we just talked so long about the the next good Flyers team, I think we're going to push this one off. But I like the idea of kind of coming up with a, a better roster of Flyerish non-Flyers. I definitely want to do that in the next week or two. I would love to do that. Yeah, because I really want to have some time to think about this one. So Uncle yeah, Tuan said we are going to do this one next week. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we got we got nothing else planned for next week. So I think yeah, we need to squeeze it in. Like, there's nothing else happening. Steve from the Way Out of Here pod asked, if you could take any flyer from any franchise era and add them to this team, who would you pick and why is it Zeke Romaldo? I mean, it's got to be Zeke. He's the only one with heart and grit. grit. Oh, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to go Tyrell Goldborn. Oh, there you go. Dan Cordick. Um, to put on Luke this Richardson. team, who would be a great flyer from... Any era that would be good on this team? My answer is always Big E, Eric Lindros. I feel like that guy would friggin' destroy in today's NHL. He would just annihilate in today's NHL with that speed and that, you know, the size and the strength. And he would just be unstoppable with that shot. And he'd just yeah. be so good because it's just not what it was in the nineties where you can get away with murder from noted war criminal, Scott Stevens. So Lindros is always my answer. If I had to think of a non Lindros answer, because I almost feel like that's cheating at this point. I was going to say, yeah, that's like, it's like saying, who would you start your, like if you asked an Oilers fan that who would you, what any era, who would you start a team with? And they'd all be like Gretzky. Like it's, yeah, it's like a shoot. Every time I see a, an Oilers on a puck Doku or like, I'll also do the um, immaculate grid hockey version. Like I think of Gretzky the first time, every time I'm like, I have to think of a non Gretzky. Like I thought of yeah. Messier for a category because I had to think of non Gretzky, but I, so if I'm thinking about like non Lindros, like, because Lindros is my all-time favorite flyer, and I think he's one of the most talented guys in club history. I mean, you could also say Bobby Clark, and I would say Clark would be great for the all-nice leadership because, you know, obviously he's one of the great captains in Flyers history. Uh, I, I really feel like Mark Recchi would be a fantastic player in today's game, and Mark Recchi is such a, a great I know Kelly is not enjoying this because Kelly hates Dr. Mark Recchi over there, but Mark Recchi is a great glue guy. He was such a, a skilled player and just such a, a guy you could kind of, he was like a Swiss army knife. You could really put him like almost anywhere in the lineup. And he was fantastic. And uh, one of the best single seasons in flyers history points wise as well. I got an interesting one. Um, this isn't exactly the type of player who would, uh, um, turn the team around single-handedly, but he would make the team in its current state very fun to watch. Um, Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett, man. I will tell you what. He was good. Rick Tockett. Oh, no, he was a great player. And the fact is, Rick Tockett, much like Wayne Simmons, just like genetically engineered to be Philadelphia Flyers. Yes. Because they were guys who hit, they were guys who fought, and they were guys who 
scored goddamn goals. You know, they just kind of did it all. You checked all three boxes for the Flyers fans. I think he would be good for like this particular era of like, if you could, if you could get 20 year old Rick Tockett and put him on this team, that is kind of the type of player that I think this team would need someone. And now I'm going to sound like an old flyers head here. Like, Oh, toughness and grit and blah, blah, which blah. Which you absolutely but, aren't because you've only rooted for the flyers for 10 years. I know, which is funny. But the thing with Tockett is like, yeah, he was tough and gritty and this and that, but like he was also actually good. So it would make sense that you would want him. It's kind of like what we talk about with Matthew Kuchuk. Um, Like he is the quintessential flyer. He's tough. He's gritty. He's not afraid to drop the gloves. Like he's everything that a flyer should be, but he's actually good at hockey. He's not like a quintessential flyer, quote unquote, who has the toughness and the grit and the this and that, but he's not even that good at hockey. He's actually good at hockey. So I think Rick Taco would be a kind of a cool little uh, addition for this. I'm taking team. a drink because you mentioned Matthew Kachuk. But <laughs> no, I, I actually think that's a great answer I, that Rick Tockett really would be a lot of fun. And man, I'd even love to see. I would love to see Wayne Simmons from a decade ago dropped in here. And I, I just want to see a Wayne Simmons jersey with that captain C, man. Because I just feel like he would be such a good leader for these guys. Like, they, I, I feel like this team really needs, like, a strong leader to help these kids kind of learn the ropes yeah. over these next couple of years. And I think having a guy who's a little tough but also has some skill would be really cool. And I love that talking answer for that reason. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be a fun one. Uh, and I did think about Wayne Simmons, too. But the reason I didn't pick Wayne Simmons is because the Flyers would just waste away his prime years again. <laughs> like they did so, already. Yeah, they did it already. So I don't want them to do that to him again. So, uh, And it's also, you know, it's nice to reach beyond the past decade and kind of talk about some, some more classic guys. You know, I, I love to, to dish out a good classic Flyers name. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't know too many of them, given the time. The answer is Trent Clatt, folks. It's always Trent Clatt. And make sure you're getting ready for the 145th annual Trent Clatt Invitational coming up. It benefits stuff, and you make sure you don't miss it. How about uh, Pat Falloon? Hey, Fat Balloon, man. I'm always about that Fat Balloon. Love a Fat Balloon. Simone Gagne, just based on sheer handsomeness. Uh, who? Peter Forsberg. He was a flyer. Peter Forsberg at the wrong end of his career, and he should have been at the beginning, but they should have just insisted on Rod Brindamore in that that Lindros trade. But yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah, but uh, no, Forsberg, absolutely. Uh, but no, I, I really like that Tockett answer, honestly. You might have swayed me. I mean, Lindros is my guy, but like, I think Tockett would be a lot of fun in this current era. I think he would be like... You know, again, like he's going to give some of the the fans in the cheap seats some thrills and he's going to score some goals. Yeah, it'd be fun. And like he's like he's the type of fun player that this team kind of needs. Um, and let's not right. say that we need this, some fun. That's not to say that this team is totally devoid of fun players. Like you do have Travis Konechny. You do have Owen Tippett. Like you have Joe some. Oh, God, not the bees. Yeah, you got the bees. Like there are some fun players on this team. It's just like there's not enough of them. There's so. not enough of them, and I want somebody to punch somebody in the... I guess Nick Delorier is there for that, but no skill. No skill. He's not scoring those goals. No, he's not. No. Sad. Sad. We got a couple more, and we're going to wrap it up. Next up, we got Alex, who's just Flyers hockey fan. What a name right there. What a tag. 
love this question though. Best best breakfast food. This is so hard because there are so many good ones. Like yeah. breakfast is easily the most delightful meal of all of the meals. I, I've kind of got like three categories here. So like my favorite sweet breakfast food is a big fluffy Belgian waffle. Yes. I think that's just like perfection. Don't get me wrong. I love a, a stack of pancakes, but there's something about that fluffy golden Belgian waffle. That's just perfection. Uh, as far as efficiency goes, love an omelet. I love an omelet. You could put like everything into one thing right there. And it usually comes with some great home fries or potatoes. Uh, so omelet, big fan of. However, I think ultimately my favorite thing is just a nice breakfast sandwich, you know, little, I'm a big fan of the pork roll, egg and cheese and sorry, North Jersey, but it's pork roll. And, you know, I love a bacon, egg and cheese, but like, man, just a good breakfast sandwich. That's, I think my favorite thing at the end of the day. I can't pick just one thing. So I'm going to have to just build my ideal breakfast this is like plate. when i go to the diner and i feel like i need to order eight beverages yeah because this is something that emily this is actually one of those moments that emily and i realized we were like you know this was happening this was for real this love was real because we both were like i'll have a water and an orange juice and a coke and you know like we just kept ordering beverage and a coffee <laughs> yeah i can't really pick a like one singular favorite thing for breakfast because it's all so good. So I'm just going to construct my ultimate like breakfast plate. So I'll say three pancakes because I'm a glutton. Love one, a two, stack. that's not enough. Oh, I need a stack. I, need, I, I might even take a fourth pancake, Steve. Hell yeah. So big old stack of pancakes. The classics, bacon, some scrambled eggs, some sausage as well. Got to get that protein. Fuck yeah. A glass of orange juice. And here we go. Are you ready for the wild card? So ready. Chunks of pineapple. Uh, That is a wild card. I was not expecting that at all. Pineapple is the best breakfast fruit, if you ask me. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> it's not for me, but uh, I'm not going to hate Actually, it. Actually, let me take that back. The best, like... So the best, one of the best breakfasts you can have, and this is a very small breakfast, but one of the best breakfasts you can have is just a banana. Like if you're, you know, trying to get out of the house quick, you're like late to work, just grab a banana, have it on the way, you know, to work. Banana. No cleanup necessary. Easy. Grab it and go. Portable. And you it's can great. you can actually cause uh, serious accidents on the highway with it. You can. Have you not seen Billy Madison? <laughs> Billy Madison. I was thinking more Mario Kart. But both work. Yeah. 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 So you can triumph over your foes on the raceway with a, just one simple banana <laughs> peel. It's great. Okay. Nice. I, I, a banana used to be one of my, my fruits of choice. And then I developed an allergy to just raw banana at some point. Like it's a pretty minor mm. allergy, but like I was eating one in college and my throat started itching and I'm like, that doesn't seem good. Yeah, that's a shame because, uh, boy, I, I hope that never happens to me because I'm a big, big banana slut, Steve. <laughs> Number one banana slut. Yeah, there's no one loves a good banana more than me. <laughs> so that was, I think, quite a, a good answer from both of us on the breakfast food. We really broke down all the different breakfast foods there. All right, we're going to plow through these last couple and call it a night. Julia P., 
J. Pablo, uh, Pablo, whatever. I'm sorry, Julia <laughs> said opinion on shop versus garage versus barn versus Quonset terminology for farm buildings. This is, I will say this is out <laughs> of left, left field right yeah. here, but if I'm going with a farm building, I'm, I'm a barn guy. Cause that's what I know best. I think of a garage uh, as a car hole, just somewhere the car hole, the car goes <laughs> using the most Sislak right there. Um, and shop I think of as more for like, I don't know, machine work or something like that. But barn bicycles. Is, yeah. Yeah. I could, I could buy that. But barn is what I think of for farm. I do too. I think a barn garage could work. So a couple of years ago, me and some friends went to uh, this Airbnb in the mountains. We went skiing and all that. And this, this Airbnb was huge. It was like a, almost like a teeny tiny little village. Um, and they had like this barn slash garage thing. And, um, we called it the party barn because that's where we all got extremely intoxicated <laughs> and listened to loud barn. music and danced around. So we called it the party barn. It was the barn, but it was like almost, it was like also a garage too. And it was like the coolest little, th- like, I wish I could have lived there. It was awesome. So yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I'd say barn. I'd say barn or okay. garage, okay. but I'd lean barn. Yeah, not not quite our area, but I appreciate the out of left field question here, Julia. And then finally, from the great friend of the show here, Ryan Gilbert, he asks, are you a contender or a pretender? Well, Ryan, I just have to say, what if I say I'm not like the others? Fuck you. I was about to make that joke. What if I say I'm not just another one of your plays? You're the pretender. What if I say that I'll never surrender? Yes. Excellent. This is why we're friends. Yeah. Damn it. I was going to make that. I was literally going to do that. I was going to do exactly what you just did. Excellent. Excellent. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. How about that? All right, wow. folks, this went way longer than expected. Thank you so much for your questions. Mailbags are always fun and they're extra fun for us when you come up with the weird questions like breakfast and what would, what kind of, I don't know, animal skin would play your shoes on their sticks. Great stuff. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. But we appreciate you all. You're all beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening. Quigs, where can people find you on the just terrible site formerly known as Twitter? Now it's called X and it's made extra extreme. It sucks. But anyway, where can people find you on there to give you feedback and anything to promote for your work on Broad Street Hockey or the Hockey News? At Ryan Quigs with a Z. Thank you. Oh, wow. How about that? Ryan Quigs with a Z. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Bomb for hockey purposes. Make it Flyperbole. Flyperbole is on Instagram. Flyperbole is on TikTok. Be sure to check both of those out. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Follow BSH Radio. Quick thing to plug. I did do a little piece for BSH where j and I got together and we ranked uh, Spielberg movies. And I'm not good at the ranking part, but I do like commenting my thoughts on the movies themselves. So, did that is a lot of fun. Be sure to check that out on BSH and we will be doing more directors as the, uh, in the coming weeks, I have a laptop now and I can work on all that shit casually in my living room. And that's great for everybody. Also wanted to thank our sponsor yet again for this week, bet online. Very grateful for all the sponsorships. So be sure to check out bet online for all of your betting needs. Folks. Thank you so much for listening. We love you all. And until next time in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night. And Good hockey. Wow, 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 wow. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. 
Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stroh showed. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.